Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I'm Daniel, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is the long-awaited, and I'm sorry about that, second part of the over-under update analysis with Arturo Goletti. We go through the Western Conference, and I have to note that since we recorded this a little bit over a week ago, some of it is a little bit outdated. For the later part of the episode, because I was editing it over the course of this week, I tried to clean out some of it. We discussed LaMarcus Aldridge being out, Kawhi being out. Of course, both those things have long since resolved, but if anything feels really out of place, that is exactly the reason why, and apologies for that, but you know that's the way that happens sometimes. And this week's episode is brought to you by mybookie.ag, a great way for those of you who are choosing to gamble on various things to do so. You go to mybookie.ag, and you enter the promo code REALGM, and they will give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Also, Harry's high-quality razors at a reasonable price. You can get the most popular trial set for free by going to harrys.com slash realgm, and all you have to pay is a small price for shipping. And then our old friends at SeatGeek, you download the free SeatGeek app. It's a great way to buy and sell tickets, and you use the promo code realgm, and you get $20 back as a rebate on your first purchase. The episode itself runs about an hour and a half, goes through all the teams. There are also timestamps, which are accurate because I had to do them actually after the fact, so you can use those if you want to hear something about a specific team. But of course, we bounce around a lot and talk about teams in the context of other ones, because especially with the playoffs looking closer, that's a very important thing to do. So I hope you enjoyed the episode, loved recording it, loved talking with Arturo, and here it is. The West is interesting too, was again, we're going to go, we're going to go bottom to top. So we're going to start with the team that had the lowest projected amount of wins, the Los Angeles Lakers, the numbers were 24 and a half or 26 and a half. We both, on the logic of they, Byron Scott is not going to be their coach anymore, we both said over, and you said play it, I said fade it, and it looks like they're going to go over, though they've been falling a little bit hard. I still think they're going to go over without that much of an issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a well-coached team. I think partly with the organization changes just did, we don't know exactly what their plan, so they might just give up some games here, but I think they should be over. I think... I like Luke Walton, so I think that he's demonstrably better coach than they were last year. I think that like there are some things because they're just trying to develop talent. I think that the thing is they don't actually have that guy in the building. I don't think they, I don't think they have the next Laker guy in the building. Do you? No, I don't think they do. I think they might get that guy in this draft, but I don't think they have him right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ingram might be a good piece, but they're none of, all the young guys have not been that great this season. 
Right. I think probably Russell might be the best guy in the building right now. Maybe Ingram, but like it's really hard to tell because Ingram's so young. Right. So it's it's, it's we don't know who they are yet. Uh, and then again, right. I'm also and also a- and also their talent doesn't fit together yet, which is a problem. Like I think they have a lot of players that are going to be better as like the third, fourth, or fifth best guy on a good team, and they're going to need that first or second. I'm not sure they're going to get that this year necessarily. There's certainly a chance if they keep their pick, but they're going to have to. And that's the other reason why I hated the Mozgov and Dane cro- contract sure. so much was because it makes it that much harder to get the players that move above them. Do you think that the um, do you think that the Lakers front office got better uh, with the moves they make, or they got worse? They got better just because their front office wasn't good before. So you know, I, I don't think Rob Palenka is going to make the Mozgov contract. So that makes them better. I don't have a I didn't have a great opinion of the front office before. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, some change is better, and I think you know Magic has had some success with like in other sports. So yeah, I mean, I do think that it's better. I do think that. They they don't have the guy there, and you know when when do you think the next time if you had to put a date on it when do you think the next time the Lakers are going to make the playoffs going to be twenty 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 one I think that's about right so another another three seasons get a chance to kind of turn this over a little bit Walton gets a chance I think they'll be close in two more years and maybe they'll make it that year so that would be that would be eighteen nineteen oh so ni- maybe nineteen twenty I think I counted one too many years nineteen twenty I think they they'll probably do it. I think maybe the I think because I like Walton, I might give him a, a year earlier. Right, I'm, I'm talking about the eight seed, so I'm talking eighteen, nineteen. But yeah, I'm in the same place. I don't think that this team is in a great place right now, roster wise. Right, so I mean, would you would you take their roster or Philadelphia's roster? Philly, uh, including their remaining assets, like like draft picks and whatnot. Well, no, Philly and guys on the team. I I take Philly even without the draft pick difference because I think Embiid and Simmons are each better than anybody on the anybody on the Lakers right now. Is Sarg better than anybody on the Lakers right now? Yeah, probably, but he's also older. So I, I could very well see it that in by the time we're talking, they're going to be a playoff team that Ingram is better than, than Dario. So I think we, we've talked enough about the Lakers. You know, uh, I think they're moving in the right direction, but they've got a long road to go. I think, I think that's fair. So we'll move on to the Suns. The Suns, uh, the numbers were 27.5, 29.5. We split. You took the under. I took the over. It looks like we again might both be right. It's going to be kind of right on the margin. Yeah, I think like a lot of these, like where we like we both split and said fade was like we like yeah no the line's about right and it was about right. I mean, is there anybody you like on this particular Suns team? No one I love. Lots of guys I like. Uh, T.J. Warren, Tyler Eulis, Dragon Bender if they can put him in the right role. Those type of guys, but and and I like Eric Bledsoe, but just not on their team because he's he's a little bit too old and he doesn't make sense with their surrounding talent. So like I would try to move Bledsoe. I've been saying that for like a year now, but yeah, so- I like a lot of their young guys. It's another team, but the, for like so I talked about for the Lakers, like their their guys like Russell and Ingram are more like the third or fourth best guy on a good team. A lot of the guys that I like on the Suns are more in the fourth through seventh range on a good team, and so they're going to need more on top of it. But they have more flexibility. Bledsoe's a guy who could be a difference maker on a on a on a, on a playoff. Team. Uh, Absolutely. I, oh, by my numbers, him and uh, he was part of the backcourt, uh, the best defensive backcourt against wings. It was him with uh, Chris Paul that I have record for since '86. They just shut the they just killed everybody, every guard who played against them. So Bledsoe is a is a really good piece uh, defensively and offensively. So, but yeah, he doesn't make any sense on Phoenix, right? Because that team that team isn't anywhere close to convention right now. Right, they're, they're, they're. So he's an asset. Do you see any possible homes for him? Orlando, it's a possibility. 
I think you would make them better. That makes and sense. Isn't, if, there, if, 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 if there's a trade between Phoenix and Orlando, how does somebody win that trade? Aren't both teams well, well I think the way I think the way that the way that Phoenix would win that trade is if Orlando overpays or if basically because Bledsoe would make Orlando better, but I'm not sure he would make them better enough to like make the playoffs. So I think you could make an argument that that is how they would win that trade. Like let's say the Magic didn't trade this year's first, let's say they traded next year's first with some sort of very light protection on it, and maybe instead of that pick being 17, it ends up being like 11 or 12, then you could say that Phoenix would win that trade. Yeah, there's a there's a guy that should have been uh, Minnesota should have offered Rubio for like the Knicks should have offered Rose for. I think it would have been wise though for the Suns to turn those trades down. He's better than that, and those teams don't really have the right assets for him. Yeah, Bledsoe would be a great fit on that. He he's a, he actually would be a great fit on on Timberwolves, and I love Absolutely. Rubio, but but he would be a great fit because he's the kind of guy that Tibbs would love him because he just he's really good defensively and he does stuff, and he would be a good fit on that team. It's again. It's like Bledsoe's like having like he, he's he's like for some reason they have a, a Maserati out back and it just doesn't make sense for for, for that team. Yeah, it's it's a mom on a budget with a Maserati out back. It's like, oh, what are you doing? We we can move on to a team we just brought up a little bit in passing, the Minnesota Timberwolves, because they only won twenty nine games last year. They they're next on the list. Their projection was of course higher than some of the other teams forty and a half, forty one and a half. We both wanted to fade the over just because we believed in the talent on this team. I think we were right in our evaluation. It was just that they had that rough start to the year, and so they're going to go under. Well, they're they're having one of those weird seasons where like their their point margin doesn't match their actual record. So, and what I mean by that, kids, is like they're basically they've got the point margin of a 500 team. I believe it's exactly almost at zero, and they're they're basically nine games, eleven games below uh, 500. They actually still have a chance to make the playoffs, I think. But it's it's a team that we we both like them. I think that I've seen a lot of growth uh, where I needed to see it. Like Carl Anthony Towns has been great. Um, the elephant in the room, and, and for me, and it will continue to be, is is Wiggins. I don't think Wiggins is a guy who's really not as good as people think he is. And he's to me, he's the Rudy Gay and like remember Rudy Gay on the on the Grizzlies, where like I think he's a guy who just who, who kind of long term might actually hurt them more than he helps. And I get that he's talented. Get that he does things that look athletically good, but he just—he just there's missing spots in his games that kind of hurt them. Particularly if they're going to, you know, use him that much, right? So he may be something where they need to think about whether they want to continue to build around him. Right? And this is season—is it season three or season four for him? At this, point? this is season three. He'll be—he'll be extension eligible this year, and who knows? They might get something done. But okay, so. My opinion on Wiggins has improved over the course of this year. I think he's been better offensively and better defensively than he was last year, which was not a high bar. I thought he was very overrated last year. But this ties in with what you're saying. I don't think that the way that he has improved has made him an ideal fit for the Wolves, and that is because I love Carl Anthony Towns so much that I don't think they need a high usage wing. I think they can work it in a very different way. Let me lay it this way, straight up. Would you rather have Otto Porter or, or Andrew Wiggins? Wiggins because of his ceiling. I mean, right now, I would rather have Otto Porter on this team, but Wiggins could be a whole lot better in a year or two than he is right now. Would you rather? Who would you rather pay what the, what the free agent market's going to give? Wiggins for exactly that. Well, Otto Porter's going to get maxed, so it doesn't really make that much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, my problem is, like, I, I don't see Wiggins as a max player, and I think that, like, and, I, and the Rudy Gay comparison comes back to me because Rudy Gay got maxed for that Memphis team, and he was in, basically, and they got better when they traded him, and it wasn't that Rudy, Rudy Gay was a bad player. 
uh, and actually even like he went to Toronto and like he had that crazy high usage where he wasn't good but like he's actually been good once he's been the secondary guy or the tertiary guy on the team and other stuff because he had the physical skills and he can actually do that and I think with Wiggins it's a little stranger because Wiggins doesn't do the other things I kind of feel like you have to consider moving him where, when his value is still high Right, I don't know that he's the I, guy. I agree. I agree with you and would consider it, but I also think it's not going to happen. So you know, like, I, I, mean, I think that it's it's kind of a weird thing to. It's it's just, but I agree with you. I mean, I think that it's something they should consider. They should definitely field offers. I think somebody. He's also the exactly the type of player that certain teams would overvalue and then give you a stupid offer, which is even better if you're Minnesota. But I don't think it's going right. to happen. Yeah, I think that basically they they always need to have the phone open for him. I get it. I mean, like. <sighs> I mean, you know, you can always argue, hey, you might get it, but, like, you know, I've got data going back on going to college, and this is the guy who's been, right? Given the game that we have now, there are more efficient options for you as a team. And, he, and again, his val- the point being his value is greater than his, his – his actual market value is greater than his actual value to the team, right? And here's the other thing. is like I have this feeling because he, he's not a great defender, right? I have a feeling that the, 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 the amount of time that, like – that Tibbs is going to be able to put up with him is you're on the clock with him, right? So I, he just feels like a guy that eventually Tibbs is going to get tired of because he, he's either he, he's not if he I mean if he gets the defense that's great but he hasn't gotten it and if he doesn't get it then you know how Tibbs is Tibbs will burn it out like eventually it'll become like a divorce as opposed to like yeah maybe we can kind of trade for something you know what I mean? I do I, I do understand what you mean it's it's just a tough situation from a from a realist sense I agree with you from a pragmatist sense but that's just kind of the way it is but I think we've talked enough about the wolves at this point unless you want to talk a little bit about towns but I don't think we need to and move on to another team with talented big men the New Orleans Pelicans Pelicans this is another one that's in line this is the team that I kind of another one where I just was higher on them so I picked the over it was 35 and a half or 37 and a half. I went under. I went. Sorry, I went over fade. You went under play, and you got it right. Yeah, and I had I had Alvin Drenthe as the first coach coach fired. We haven't had any coach fired this year, have we? I don't think we're going to have any in the regular season. I think we will. We will have turnover, but I think it will be. I don't think it'll be during the season. But, but if but if you had to get somebody getting fired, it might be Drenthe. Yeah, he's certainly in that in that very limited conversation. I mean, they're a team that is underperformed that is underperformed relative to expectations, and that's the easiest way for a coach to get fired. We both think that that, that the, the boogie trade was was a terrible, terrible trade for Sacramento. Oh, of course, because they the assets they got back weren't good. Yeah, it's like it, it's well, uh, unless unless New Orleans loses enough that this pick gets better than we thought it was going to be. Well, no, but, but they, they won tonight. Isn't it, isn't it supposed to be like top three protected? It's top three protected, yeah. So, but but like it, it could end up being the the fourth or fifth pick. I don't expect that to happen, but it's possible. Yeah, I think the the issue. And, and, okay, so so Boogie's kind of burning his walk. Boogie has this is in essence his last shot. Now, I'm not as high on, on Boogie historically as everybody else is. I don't think he's. I think he's always been overrated. I think partly because he gets in his own way and whatnot. I thought part of that was organization. I think it was going to be similar to other guys that have left the Kings. I mean, it's going to get better. But that said, this. Hasn't looked great. Now, granted, I think part of the problem is like a not great coach wasn't necessarily going to figure out how to work this because this is kind of a little bit of a different situation. But I do think that Boogie's on the clock here. We saw what AD did tonight. We know AD is good, right? And, and I think Boogie has to kind of come up. Now, I think here's the thing I think it should work. Uh, I don't know that this is the best possible situation where Boogie could have wound up. It's 
Odd. I, I think that basically New Orleans just kind of has to do two different things at once. One is they need to be open, and this is going to sound crazy to some people, to trading Cousins again. To just basically yeah. saying, if it doesn't if it doesn't work, you do that. But at the same point, I do believe, especially considering they gave up so little to get him, because I don't think that much about healed, and I think that their, their first-round pick is, is good, but it's not amazing. What that means is I also think that there are coaches – that exist. I don't. I don't specifically know who it is. There was a piece that I saw that suggested Becky Hammond. Very interesting possibility for this. Somebody who's creative enough to make this work. So I think you kind of have to do both those things at the same time. You have to find a coach that is talented and capable enough of doing that, while also considering shopping him. And that's a really challenging double to do, especially for a front office that hasn't exactly been the most proactive. But it's worth considering. Yeah, uh, of course Becky could do it. I mean, like, Pop could do it. Like, hell, just watch Spurs games this season. Any, you can watch Spurs games for the last four seasons to figure out how to work two bigs together. There's, like, there's tape all across the board. Well, and Davis can shoot. Like, you, it's not even, yeah, you don't even have the issue of two big men who can't shoot together. You can do, I mean, the problem is also, like, that the roster on this team is really soft. Like, they've got those two guys that are really top-heavy. But here's the thing. I think New Orleans is in a really good situation. You make that, you make that trade a million times out of a million. Right? They gave up nothing to get Boogie. And as you're saying, in the worst possible scenario, you just trade him. You, somebody will buy on Boogie. Right? You, you will be able to move him for something. So you will never, like, well, worst case, you can move into the Lakers for whatever, for a bunch of guys, like in a couple of years or something, right? So, I mean, like, even given how you bought him for, like, 10 cents on the bar, basically. And again, I think that it can work. It just, as you say, it takes a, somebody like Hammond, somebody who actually kind of gets how to run the screens. Now, ideally, you'd like to get a little couple more shooters around it, but I think that, that New Orleans is a much better position. I don't think that they're going to do anything this year, right? Because for just from seeing it, we were like, the big question was like, well, can, can Alvin dread to figure it out? I think the answer to me is it's a big resounding no. They're not going to fire him probably, but like I don't think Alvin Jones is going to be coaching this team next year. I think it's going to be an interesting team next year with a different coach, right? They're not making the playoffs this year. Agreed. They're not making the playoffs this year. They're they're basically out of it. And with Boogie at this point, it's hard to figure out the real perfect fit next to him because you need somebody who's a, a reliable defensive piece, somebody who can be a rim protector. But you would also, to, in, in order to maximize Cousins, you want somebody who can also shoot. And so you're looking for basically a unicorn. And you're also looking for like a unicorn that is probably better served with somebody else. You know, like that. that's the other part of this equation is like, you know, the teams that have like prime Serge Ibaka would be a wonderful fit next to DeMarcus Cousins. But generally speaking, teams like that actually have better talent than DeMarcus Cousins. You need Anthony Davis to play more like LeBron, basically. What, you mean. what I mean by that is you need him to play more on the wing and drive the ball and run ISO and run like a 4-3 kind of deal. And if well, but, you also get David, to- but Davis is also better to me in, in, as a, a kind of a different kind of defensive big man like he i think he can it's a it's a little bit of a different role but, but I, think, remember, I think they could make it work you remember when like when lebron was protecting the rim for miami yeah he also that's, did some of that for cleveland last year right so that's kind of what i'm saying where like davis i think has a skill set to kind of which we compare but he has a crazy skill set i mean in essence you just need him to play out and shoot and create some space but i mean again it, it's it's I said and I, and I said that when they made the trade go look at spurs phil go see what they do go see what they do with Kawhi. Right. What they do with the Kawhi, what Kawhi was he's posting up and he's driving. That's kind of what you want a little bit of out of Anthony Davis. And then have the guy, they've used Edmund, they've used Powell, the guy, L- L- LaMarcus, the guy who's playing that big man role, Boogie can do that. 
right? And as I said, there's film. There's teams that do this kind of stuff. And you can find it. Uh, I don't think Gentry's the guy. The guy, but like it just doesn't seem to have worked so far. And I think that they're going to probably have a different coach. But I think they, they, they did something right. And I think that New Orleans clearly won that trade. And as you said, worst case, they can make a trade. They're not making the playoffs this year, though. But no. it's, I, think it's, I think it's a really interesting kind of uh, move that they make. And I'm going to be really interested to see the roster they put together. I think part of it is also that, I mean, how do you feel about Drew Holiday here? Is he the right guy? I would like somebody who's a little bit more comfortable running pick and roll because that can be the foundation of it. Also, you probably so like George Hill would actually be a really nice fit with that if they could theoretically, they're not going to be able to, if they could theoretically make that swap. But I don't know what Drew Holiday wants because I, I think he can see the writing on the wall for exactly what being the point guard of that team is. And I could totally see him saying, I would rather be the point guard somewhere else over that because like so maybe he Chicago would be an interesting option for him the Knicks with Porzingis would be a very interesting option for him you know who'd be really good who, who might be really good with uh with Boogie and AD as, as a point guard Rubio he can't shoot though like I teams teams would just go under I everything I don't want him to shoot I've got I've got I've got two usage monsters yeah, but guy, teams are just gonna sink I think teams are gonna sink in I, I would actually rather That's see Bledsoe than he, Rubio uh, I thought of Bledsoe too, but I was actually like kind of like Bledsoe. We keep throwing him in. He Bledsoe's in Bledsoe's really interesting, but I mean I think Rubio. This might be the best situation because you've got he doesn't need to shoot right. So fine, you can slough off him. He'll still get open looks at different ranges, and you've got two monsters to pass to right. So it, it might be really interesting. But again, it's going to take somebody who knows. So you want a guy who's going to pass the ball right. You, you want to pass a, a guy who's going to pass the ball to these two guys right. And I think that's that's kind of where, like, I think the roster isn't quite constructed. I do think having those two guys is a plus. But Boogie is on. You agree with me? The Boogie's on the clock, though. Oh, absolutely, of course. This is, yeah, this is. This, you're not in Sacramento, and if he and here's the thing, I thought like if he actually does a good job, New Orleans is a really good place to be. This is a great city, and it's like, you know, it, it should be like when Zebo went to Memphis, right? It's just, you know, we don't know if this is going to work on the court yet. I think it can, but like the right person needs to be running. And, and you mentioned Becky, and I think Becky would be a really good fit. She deserves a job. I think she's she's really good. Yeah, I think so too. Before Arturo and I get to the Denver Nuggets, I want to take a little bit of time to tell you about mybookie.ag. Now, it's a perfect time for them to come on as a sponsor because there's a certain college basketball event that is getting a lot of attention, and I'm sure a fair amount of our listeners, those who pay more attention to college hoops than I have been, sadly, this year, would might want to wager on. And mybookie.ag is a great way to do that and not worry about some of the issues that can plague betting sites, like especially payouts and just structural things. And so you can make your bets, you can win your money, and get it without any sort of hassle or run around and how you do it is you go to mybookie.ag m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e.ag and then there's a space to enter a promo code you enter the promo code real gm r-e-a-l-g-m just like the site i write for and real jam radio is the name of this podcast and you get a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit so that means if you put in a hundred bucks they'll give you an extra fifty dollars to play with and you can play win and get paid with your money and that extra 50 percent bonus so you can also call 844-900-BETS 
844-900-BETS. And again, the promo code, if you want to go to mybookie.ag, is REALGM. 50% bonus on your first thing. It's a great time to do it now with everything that's going on in college hoops and, and everything else in sports. It's actually a really wonderful time of year for that. So check it out. So we'll move on to the Denver Nuggets, who... We both liked the over on them was 33 and a half or 36 and a half. We both liked the over. I said to play, you said not, and they're going over. They're going over. I, I thought they were going to do some trades and blow some stuff up. Uh, yeah, they were we listed as, we listed them as a tank candidate and that certainly could have been the case and they, you know, they did well enough that they stayed above the line. Well, I think the, the couple things that they did that were really interesting was like they kept they kept Freed. They knew when to cut bait on Moutier, right? Who really was killing them? Like he was terrible early in the season, and they made a decent trade for. They decided. I mean, they couldn't have uh, Joe. They're Joe and Nurk. They're both good, but they they went. They said, "This is full in. This is Joe's team," and really, it, it's worked out. Malone's a great coach. When I say that, because he's a guy historically who experiments a lot with his lineups, and once something doesn't work, he he just goes away from it. And I, I think that's been really interesting. I, I mean, I really like the roster this team has, and I really think they've done some good things. Now again, there's some moves to be totally made, but like this is this is a good, decent team. I, I, I we think they're making the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think so. There are teams, there are other teams that have a chance, but the fact that they have a basically like a two game lead on everybody else is a big help. Yeah, there. I think again, what's interesting is they traded with Portland, and, and we'll talk about it. But I think Portland, they really made Portland better, right? Portland's a better team now with uh, with Nurkic, and uh, I think Dallas is really interesting with Noel. So I think all those three teams are actually really good. I, I like those three teams, uh, Denver, Portland, Dallas, to kind of be they, – they have some, some interesting places to go, and I think they're going to be good. I think some of the, 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 the older teams are slipping back. I think the Memphis is – we're starting to see a little bit on Memphis. Uh, I think Denver is really well-placed to kind of move up. Now, again, I think they need a little more talent, but like – you know, having a guy like Jokic is, is, is a huge luxury. And, and I was actually pointing this out. So who would you rather have, Jokic or, or Persingas? Wow, that's a, it's an interesting question uh, because they're, they kind of have similar strengths and weaknesses. It's just that Jokic is pushing more one direction and, and less the other. I think I'd rather have... Oh, Jesus. I think I'd rather have Porzingis just because I think there's a possibility that he could be both, that he could be a very good offensive player and still be league average or better defensively and with Jokic I think that that trade-off is a lot harder to, to take with a center but I, I love both of them yeah I, I think that like Jokic has been great I think I, I agree with you I mean we've seen Porzingis play good defense it's just I think the situation is really different I think Denver has done everything I think we mentioned before Denver has done everything to make sure that like he's well served so it's actually been it's been really good so again, I, I, I mean, I love where they are, and and I, I would love, I would really enjoy seeing them in the playoffs. I don't know that we're going to get that, but like you know, they, they'd be a, they'd be an interesting uh, first round uh, series for uh, San, San Antonio or Golden State. We'll get to that, but I, I kind of feel like like San, like San Antonio maybe. Yeah. Okay, we can talk about that a little later. Yeah, let's let's talk about it a little bit later. A couple teams to get through between now and then. One of them is the Sacramento Kings. The Kings' uh, number was set at 31.5 or 33.5. We both thought that was low and said to go over, and it's going to be a very right. close call. I, Your prediction has it at 32.2. I actually think they're going to go under 31.5. I think they're going to win 31 or less. Yeah, 28. I think that, yeah, it's it's going to be really close. Uh, I think they, they're probably going to be under so once everything kind of fixes out, do that. Uh, do we like any of the players on, on Sacramento? 
I don't know that I like any of them as starters, but there are a series of guys that I think could be useful, like kind of rotation players. I like Scal as a rotation player. I like Costa Kufos as a backup. I like Buddy Heald as a backup. Malachi could be a backup, like a lot of those type of type of situations. And they've been paying Darren Collison backup money to start, and he's been okay. But Would you, the, pro- the problem is just the way that their books are is weird. The way their assets are is weird. Just a lot. Of, and I don't trust their front office. It's like, would you rather have their assets and players or Brooklyn's assets and players? Theirs because they have picks this year and next year. And yeah, the unprotected one in 2019 is, is unfortunate. Oh, wait, didn't, no, didn't, but, they trade, didn't they trade that to uh, Philadelphia? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They don't have their 2019. So after this season, each one of them is out one unprotected future pick. For Brooklyn, it's 2018. For the Kings, it's 2019. So you can call that a wash. But... I think the Kings have a couple of rotation guys on their team. And also, their salary, they have a lot of kind of like weird money on their books, but it's not that much just like terrible money on their books. If you had to pick who's going to win more games in the next five years, either the Kings or the Nets, which pick? Oh, the Nets, without hesitation, because they're a better run team. The Kings are, are kind of, you know, they're, they're on record right now to making two of the worst 10 trades in the last 20 years, in the last 24 months, right? That Philly trade is still kind of, and I remember laughing at the time, but it, that that trade has gotten worse over time. And I think this boogie trade was just like, wow, we've never had like an all-star started traded for less that I can remember. Basically, at the all-star game, I, I've, we, I've never seen a guy who started the all-star game be traded during the all-star game for less than I can. Remember. He didn't start the all-star game, but he was, but he was at the, he was at the all-star game. He was anyway, also, but, but it's a distinct it's a distinction without that much of a difference. But yeah, I agree with you. And he's young. It's not like he was traded like he's a thirty five year old all star who got traded for it. No, he's he's in his twenties. Like this is a guy who maybe he's not going to get better than he is now, but he can certainly stay at this level and improve with coaching. Yeah, I think we can. I think, but, but I think we're okay to move on from the game. Ew. Yes, no move on to a team that we are more positive about, the Utah Jazz. The Jazz was at. 44 and a half or 47 and a half. And we both said hammer the over. We both loved it. Liked Quinn Snyder for potential coach of the year. They're going to blow through the over. I don't think Snyder is going to win coach of the year, but I still really like this team. And what's incredible about it is that I think we both assume we're kind of thinking they would have reasonable injury luck and they've had terrible injury luck and they're still going to break through their number. Well, I mean, like, I think, like, they've had better injury luck than last year because, like, I know what you mean, but, like, they lost Gobert in favors last year, and that was just, like, bad. Now, they've had Rudy for most of the year, and I know they had favors was out, but, like, defensively, that makes a huge difference. Hayward's been healthier than he was last year. Hill has been hurt, but I think, like, the top six for this team is really outstanding. Like, so Hayward, Gobert, Hill... Inglis, Favors, and Joe Johnson is actually, and Joe, I mean, Joe in a six-man role is great. Do we think the Jazz can make the finals? I think they have an outside-outside shot of it, and I'd say like 10% or less, but their, their ceiling is ludicrously high. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is because they play in Utah, so that's like, but like, their top six is really good, and in a playoff series, like, you know, they can shut you down, right? But so you know they're that, not going to get any calls. No, they're not going to get any calls. First-time playoff I, team? Well, I mean, like, keep in mind that, like, we've seen that we've seen that the Warriors get less calls than they should. So, I mean, like, let's say, and I was saying this, like, so the the Warriors basically kind of, well, actually, it would probably be the Spurs. So, I actually, like, we were talking about this earlier. I think the Warriors kind of may whoever ends up with the one seed is going to see the Jazz. So, say it's the Warriors. It, it's an interesting series because the Jazz have size, and size is something that gives the the Warriors kind of fits, and they've got Rudy in the middle. 
and it would be a really interesting series with like George Hill and like so I mean I think I agree with it they wouldn't get any calls but I think that like they would have a puncher's chance and and I think the the, the West is evil but I don't I think they have a non I think they definitely win the I think they definitely beat the Clippers in the series no uh, I, I really like the Clippers' top five. Like their starting lineup is is quite good, and I, I think that the Jazz are the favorites in that series. But I don't think it's definite at all. I think the Clippers are done. I think the Clippers, as much as I, I think this is this is kind of the expression. I think, I think next season it's they're losing the first round. I think Blake is gone. I think Doc is gone. I think that's kind of my feel for that. It just it just it just feels like it's just yeah, gone. See, on that's long. interesting because for me, I think that if if any, but if either of their stars leaves, I think it's CP, not Blake, because I think Chris Paul cares more about the writing being on the wall because this is his last shot. Blake Griffin is going to have this contract and a little more. Oh, if it's, I think if one leaves, both leave because I think they're both smart enough to know that if one leaves, the they're they're just dead in the water. It might be all three. If you if you reset it, so I'm let's, not let's, count, I'm not counting Doc in that. I, I mean, I'm so just let's, let's fantasy book this right, like wrestling term. So let's say they lose the first round, Doc is gone. Who are they bringing? Let's 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 say Maury's out there. So if if that's the case, then if you're doing that, then yeah, it might just be everybody gone for assets, right? Let's 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 do the process. But the problem with that is that this is the reason why I advocated and got a lot of heat for it for the Clippers to trade Chris Paul last year was because if they lose those guys, they're not getting assets. They're just losing them. If if Blake and CP leave, they're not getting. I mean, maybe they're getting something marginal if they want to be signed and traded to a team that has, you know, that that is in that wiggle room between the cap and the tax. But that's very hard because that team would be hard capped and they're not going to get much anyway. Though there isn't much of a precedent for that. And both those guys are going to have offers from good teams. So like Blake could, if he wanted to, he could jump to the Celtics or whatever else. And CP can basically go wherever the heck he wants as long as that team has enough space to fit him in. We're talking. Let's let's get back to the Jazz before we get to. The, we're going to get back to the Clippers and stuff like because I, this is interesting. I have some questions, but we can get back to that. So the Jazz, we do we think they can make the finals? Outside shot, I said. I, I still think it's like ten percent, something like that. I, I like this team, but yeah, the, the, the if they were in the if they were in the East, I think they make the finals. If they were in the East, they would have a much better. Like you could double or triple those those chances of making the finals. Like Maybe like Cleveland. Cleveland might have serious problems against this because, like, this team again, this is like a deep, deep team with like good rim protection. Plus, plus, Cleveland has relies so much on on driving, and the Jazz don't need to help as much on drives because they have Rudy Gobert down there, so they yeah. can just structure their defense completely differently than a lot of these other teams. Right, and, and that's that's why it, like it would take like super, but like they're they're in the wrong conference. I think they're gonna, I think they have a decent chance to win the first round. I think if it's a Clippers, they do. Uh, I think second round becomes a little more complicated because it would be the Spurs of the world. And that's kind of... I think it would be interesting, but I don't think they're actually getting it done. So, um, And we don't think Snyder's going to win it. I, I, who do no. you think is going to win Coach of the Year? I have a this name. Might, but... This might be Pop's year. Because yeah, Pop. the Spurs, if, if the Spurs end up with the best record in the league, which I now think is more likely than not, if they end up with the best record in the league, then you get that narrative. There aren't really that many teams that blew away expectations and have a coach that is very well liked. Like, there's an outside shot Scott Brooks gets it. I'm not saying he would deserve it, but I'm saying there's a shot he could get it. There isn't really a Terry Stotts this year, even though Terry yeah, Stotts think, didn't win it last year. But there isn't really that guy. Yeah, I think it's Pop. I think that's it's clearly... Has Stevens won it? No, I believe he has not. Yeah, but he wouldn't. I don't think he win this year. I think it's Pop. No, I don't I think, think he win over Pop. I mean, their expectations were high. I think if Pop gets the one seed and the, the one record in the league, he wins. And 
and it becomes a really kind of it comes down to a, like it's it's hard and quiet. I have no idea who wins. Like then in that case, I don't know who the hell wins the MVP because it, it'll. Be I'm like, not even. I'm not even kind of at that point. I think Russ has a has a good shot at. But again, it gets into the idea of voting nobody, versus logic and all that kind of stuff. It's it's complicated. We'll get into that, but like, but like, yeah, like it's nobody's won with that few wins. Nobody like. Oh right. Like, yeah. Just Malone. It's a thin I, like. Russ is the anomaly case of anomaly cases for all reasons. We'll talk about that with OKC. But so let's let's move on. We talked about the Jazz Rockets. Another team we're both very interested in. It was projected 42. Their number was actually even. You only had it 42 and a half. And we both said, hammer the over. We love this team. Love D'Antoni. And guess what? Nailed it. And we loved Harden at 25 to 1 to win. That that was the best. Which was a great bet, too. That that was the best best call. It's like, no, Harden 25 to 1 in the Harden system. Yeah, I mean, like, I did, and I get a lot of heat for this. I did the top 50 of all time. And I had Harden. Right now, I have Harden. Durant and Westbrook in my top fifty NBA players of all time. They're all in OKC. Given what we've seen, man, like I really, I always said, like Harden should play the point guard, and Russ should have been the shooting guard. And good, good lord, would that but it would have been that have been amazing on that team. It's just uh, um, the Rockets are really interesting to me because they're the ultimate punch. Like they can beat anybody the way they play. They have. Like, the amount of shooting this team has on the floor is ridiculous. They can put five shooters on the floor, right? And they got shooting on the bench. They got shooting everywhere. And they just shoot threes like maniacs. This is, like, the perfect Antonio team. And they actually have, like, very decent rebounding on this team. So, in a series, there isn't a team that they can't beat, right? Because they're basically, they're that technical boxer that if you screw up, he's going to kill you, right? Because, like... They're going to play the right way. They're going to shoot those threes, and you're going to have to beat them. So I actually think that there's there's something. I think they're running at twenty to one, and I think that's too low. I think they should be something like probably ten to one or fifteen to one to win the title. Because like again, in any they, they they're not going to be worse than forty percent in any series that they play. Just because like if they get hot shooting, they can just beat anybody. See, here's the thing though. I I, I see the logic that you're getting at, but I also think that. They're so dependent in terms of shot creation on one guy. It's not about the system. It's about James Harden. And like they have all these great shooters, but if James Harden can't do what he's supposed to do, then you do that. And so the, the problem is like that you could say, oh, well, it's really hard to stop James Harden. That's true. But both the Warriors and the Spurs and the, depending on how Utah structures everything else and, and, and Utah is kind of an X factor and all this stuff. But but more importantly, the top two teams both have the personnel to stop the Rockets. I think, and they're presumably, like, you have to assume that they're going to have to beat both of those teams. There's a little bit of a twist here. Like, I think that getting Lou Williams is underrated. The fact that they went out and got, like, so having Lou Williams and having Patrick Beverly, it's like, even if Harden isn't, like, they have, they have guys... Yeah, but who can... Lou, Lou Williams is, is, you know, he's a better version of Jamal Crawford. Like, he's going to get his, but he's not going to create a successful offense by himself, and you're not going to play him as a starter. So, like, he, he helps. Like, I think Lou Williams could swing a couple games in a series just because he will dominate those bench units. But if the structural part, if, if a team can take away a lot of what Harden does... Lou Williams is not going to cover that gap. He's going to cover a smaller gap. It's so hard because, like, and you've watched this team. There's so much shooting on this team. It, it just, like, it just breaks you offensively, like, defensively, because there's everybody on the floor can freaking shoot. 
like they can shoot. Yeah, but it, it only it only breaks you defensively if you can't defend their pick and rolls two on two. If you can defend their pick and rolls two on two, those guys aren't going to do those guys aren't going to do that much except if they stand like four feet out, which Ryan Anderson can, Eric Gordon can. They're only breaking a defense. This is actually so you might remember this because you and I have had conversations about this before, but like after the fact about how I was super critical of the way that Miami defended Dallas in the 2011 finals. Mm-hmm. And my logic was, you know, like all their guys other than Dirk aren't going to beat you one-on-one. So basically just keep a guy on them and just handle Dirk the way that you're going to do it. And Miami put way too much of a focus on him. They let all these other guys get open shots. I think that both the Spurs and the Warriors can hedge that and can make that work. I agree with you, though, that they're, they're another team like the Jazz that would benefit from a top 16 format because I think there are only a couple teams that give the Rockets trouble. It's just that they happen to be two teams they're going to have to beat to get to the finals. I think if the Rockets were in the in, in the East, they sweep through it. I mean, I don't think there's a team in the East that can actually stop it, right? That's 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 my feeling. Because again, it's the way they're constructed, right? If you put them in the East, there isn't anybody who like can they're do a horrendous matchup for the Cavs because oh. Patrick. You can put Patrick Beverly on Kyrie. They have they don't have a guy to really stop LeBron, but a reason gets on down. Like that series would be. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The Rockets would have a, a very reasonable chance in that series. Well, yeah, because like, yeah, they just like the, the the Cavs really don't have, like, they don't have like a decent defender on the wing that can actually throw out there. And like, if you don't do that, then the Rock, I mean, you can't you can't play that one on one defense with like bad defenders they play. Against. The Rockets will just take you out. Well, you and, also can't switch. You like, let's say you put LeBron on that pick and roll. Who do you have as the other guy in that pick and roll? And how are you not going to get murdered? You can't. You, you, you basically have to pray in that series. No, I, I, here's the thing. I agree with you. It's the Spurs and the Warriors have a better are the teams that have the talent to actually do this. It's interesting because you know even then, and again, it's like this. The, here's the thing. I don't. I wouldn't favor the Houston in the series against the Spurs or the Warriors, but I wouldn't probably put 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 wouldn't put them below forty percent because again, it, it's it's that like if. The way they shoot, it's so much. There's gonna be there's gonna be a game in the series that like the Rockets are gonna show up and you're not gonna beat them, right? And you know what I mean. They're gonna show up and they're gonna start hitting threes and it's just just walk away, right? And I think that's that's kind of interesting. They're a really interesting team. I, and again, I didn't expect them. I expected them to be good. I didn't expect them to be quite this good this quickly, right? And I'm actually kind of. I think it's actually kind of silly that like the league. Like the, the the other GMs in the league failed in that they let the Rockets get this much shooting. How is it possible that the Rockets were able to just get this much shooting? Right. Well, no, I I understand why they did because they they were able to capitalize on some underutilized assets that had major injury risks. Like if Eric Gordon and Ryan right. Anderson got years and dollars, that would have made a lot of other teams queasy. But they got put in the perfect system, and they've been completely healthy this year. They're getting the best of both worlds. The the downside of those contracts was always years three and four, and we're not there yet. But they're wonderful right now. Yeah, and I think I think the Lou Williams thing is is on there. Like Jesus, they didn't pay anything for. Them. And I think that, like, you agree that, like, Lou Williams gets playing time on basically all the top teams. Like, he might not Absolutely. start, but, yeah, I mean, but, like, the Spurs play him, the, the Warriors play him, the Cavs would, the Cavs would start him. No, they play, think, they play JR and have him play seriously because they don't need another guy with the ball in his hands. They play him but, off the bench, but they'd use him a lot. The Spurs would basically line up in the corner. Actually, the Spurs would use him with PNR and, like, Hammer. But, so, yeah, I mean, like, having him get all this team is actually interesting. So, I actually think. Where would you put the odds on the on, on the Rockets winning the, uh, the title? Given what we know about the injuries now, 
five to ten percent. Yeah, because their, their road, their roads, their roads gonna be tough. They're their road's likely- brutal, and they're gonna be they're gonna be getting these teams. It's not like they're getting the Warriors or the Spurs in the first round. They'd be getting the Warriors in the second round. So that'll be. I think that right. would be eight weeks. That would be eight weeks after Durant after Durant injured his MCL. That's probably enough time for him to be close to 100. percent And their personnel is just—it's just not a good matchup against the Warriors. Like the, the yeah. Warriors, will, they will handle them pretty well. There's a real, there's a very real chance that the. I mean, like if I have to guess where it's going to end up, they're going to end up third, and they're going to get. Do we think well, they the, they're the getting the Warriors and Spurs in the, in the next two rounds? Like basically, the way that they. They might get the Thunder in the first round, so it might it might be Thunder, then Warriors Spurs, and the, and the Thunder. I, it'll be interesting with the Thunder's new personnel. We're, we'll talk about them in a little bit. I actually think that the Thunder got better against a lot of teams, but not as much against the Rockets because they don't have like Taj is not perfect in that matchup. But I'll be interested. Like basically, so said like basically. So in essence, the the Rockets are almost like the final boss. You know what I mean? So in essence. They're the final boss, and if you're not perfect against the final boss, you're not getting past the final boss. So I think that like they're leveled down, but like they're going to play in such a way that if you're not on game, right, and if you're missing guys or if you're not sharp, they can take you out. And I think that's it's surprising to me. And we thought they were going to be better than the the 42. I thought they were going to be around 45, 46, but I thought they still had some things. There was some injury risk we talked about. So I'm really surprised that they're they're this good, and it's really interesting where they're going to wind up in the next few years. I, I mean, I like this roster. What, what do you feel about this roster? It's good for right now. I'm not completely sure how it's going to age. I think they have a lot of guys that you're, they're at their, maybe they're not past their prime, but that you don't expect that they're going to improve each year, like Beverly, Ariza, Anderson. Capella should get better. But, you know, like other than Capella, I think that everybody's kind of going in that way. But they're really good and they're deep. So I think they'll be great. I think they'll be very strong next year. I mean, this is this is as good as a start as I think D'Antoni had when he was in Phoenix, right? This is a this is a really interesting team, I think. And and again, I, again, I love their style, right? So other people hate it, but I love the style. It's it's basically it's 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 like loving technical boxing. They're doing what they need to do with the right players, and it's really interesting to me. Well, we should move on to the Dallas Mavericks, but before we do that, I want to tell you a little bit about Harry's. Harry's is a very cool company. You, people who've listened to the show know that I love the concept of people. In this case, it was Jeff and Andy who identify a business that they want to get into and figure out a different way to do it to get customers a great product at a great price. And how Jeff and Andy did it was that they bought a factory with 100 years of blade making experience so they could make their own high quality razors and then sell them online and give them to you for about half the price of the leading brand. And another thing that I really like about Harry's beyond their excellent product, which I've been using now for, I think it's about a month and I've been just very impressed. I'm very reliable brand conscious about a lot of different products, but razors have been one of them for a long time. I've used a higher priced brand and I've been incredibly impressed. I've made the switch and I've been gotten great shaves, comfortable, close shaves, and I've challenged it. I talked about this the first time I, I, I did read for them that I grew out my facial hair more than I usually do. And it was, it was perfect. It was an absolutely wonderful shave. And another thing that I really do love about Harry's is that the way that they're doing a promo for us is in a lot of ways a bet on themselves. So you go to harrys.com slash real GM and you can get their most popular trial set for free with a small fee for shipping. And so that means that if you go to that URL, harrys.com slash real GM, you get a razor handle 
five blade cartridge and shaving gel for just that low shipping charge. And you can see if you like it as much as I do, they have an amazing reputation. I've heard about it before, but as I said, I was a little bit brand loyal and I'm incredibly happy that I did make that changeover. So again, you go to harrys.com slash real GM. You can get their trial set for just the price the low price of shipping. So hopefully you check it out and hopefully you keep checking out the podcast, Archer and I talking about the Dallas Mavericks. So Dallas, the numbers were 39 and a half or 42 and a half. We both thought that was just a little bit too high based on our talent. You and I both love Rick Carlisle. We said the under, they're going to go just under. Yeah, and, and Carlisle has done a masterful job this season. Um, Absolutely. I, I think it's great. I think this they might get in the playoffs. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, it, it's tough because Denver's there. But, uh, man, this is the fact that they found Curry, the, the other Curry, there's so many done. parallels with the Timberwolves of like they just they just needed another month of the season. Yeah, I, do, I mean, how do you feel about the roster now? It's a, a solid Rick Carlisle roster for right now, but they have the same issue as a couple of other teams where they're not going to get that much better. I mean, except for Nerlens and his fit, as long as he and Carlisle can be simpatico, I think that that'll that that'll work. But they're going to have to be so smart about how they manage this roster moving forward because they don't have guys on bad contracts except for Dwight Powell, but they don't have as much flexibility as some people think. Well, I think I think having Barnes and Curry and Matthews and Jogi Farrell and Nels Noel is a lot better than what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely true. Like, they've I mean, improved they, they, a lot in a couple different ways. They have five guys going forward who I think are above-average NBA starters at the at the key positions, and they're not on bad contracts. And they were in a really bad spot. So I think that I think kudos to Dallas for turning it around in a very quick manner in a way that is kind of an orthodox. But I think that they've done a good job. And I think and Rick Carlisle, again, does, has done a great job. I think they're just going to miss the playoffs because too many people are ahead of them. But I think that this is a decent kind of roster going forward. And it's going to be really interesting because there's a bunch of free agents. And I think Dallas is a lot more attractive than I thought they were going to be in the beginning of the season. Does that make sense? Sort of, but they're going to need exactly the right type of guy. Like, I mean, depending on like what kind of guy wants him. So they need... I would say they need a forward because they'll play Wes at the two, Harrison at kind of the three, four hybrid. So they're going to need another guy there who ideally you want somebody who can play, you know, six man minutes now and then can start when Dirk retires. And those players are exceedingly hard to get. Like they're going to have to identify that talent. Getting Nerlens, if they can have him at a reasonable price, is a huge coup. Like they don't have to find that guy now, which was going to be maybe mm-hmm. even harder. But the other part, and I understand why that they didn't have this. It's it's the challenge of tanking. I talked about this with Nate on Dunked On about a week ago. But the problem is they're stuck pretty hard on the treadmill right now with Dirk because they can't get bad enough to get the draft pick, which is the easiest way to solve their problems. So they're so they're too good to do that, and they're not good enough to be the best option for a lot of free agents. Yeah, but I mean, and I think they've done a good job at getting guys who are kind of undervalued and bringing them in. Sure. Right. And I think they've understood the cap pretty well. So, again, kudos. I think that I agree with you. I mean, they'd be an interesting, they might be an interesting Paul Millsap destination, although we've talked about him going somewhere else. But again, that's. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's going to go there true. considering, like, he doesn't fit in with Dirk and, and some of the other stuff. Like, he, he would go there if Dirk retired, maybe, but he, I don't think he'd go there if Dirk comes back. Do we think he's retiring or coming back? He's coming back. He already said it. I, again, I think they're in a much better spot than I thought they were going to be at the end of the season, and I think they're going to be in that 
playoff conversation, like low playoff conversation next year. Again, they, they need to find some players, but they, they have found some guys. So that's actually good. And I think actually here's the thing. I think they're going to be better next year because they have no else for a full season. And I do, I do really like their training staff. I think their training staff is actually, I'd put them up there. I, I'd say they're one of the top in the league right now. So I think that like, I think that they're going to be able to keep Noel's healthy, and that's going to make a real difference. So I think that like one to five, this is going to be more talent. I think this is easily a 500 team next year with the way it's constructed. Now, not much better. At full, than that, str- at full strength, yeah. Let's move on to Memphis. So Memphis, they're another pretty straightforward one here. It was at 44 and a half, 45 and a half. We said to play the under because that was just a little bit too rosy for them, and it was a little bit too rosy for them. Yeah, right now it's close. It's forty-four and a half. It's forty-five and a half. They project to like forty-four. They are on a skid, right? They don't look good. They just have the pieces they have, and in a sense, like it's an older team, and eventually, you know, Father Time was going to come for them. Now they have some decent pieces. I like on but like some of the other pieces on this team are just old. I mean, like. I like Gasol, but even he's on the on the backside of, of of his career. And Randall's been good, but again, like the pieces on this team are just not there. Uh, and honestly, I don't. I think this kid might be more. Do you, do you, I mean, do you expect them to turn around? Do you, do you expect them to? Well, they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't expect them to get out of the first round. Yeah, I, I think they're a pretty standard. You know, like late late seed playoff team, whether they're the six or the seven. They just kind of go around there and they, you know, they put a scare in a team, probably like a, a five or a six game series that could, you know, you kind of, so you set the bar at six. If they perform under expectations, it's five. If they're over, it's seven, but I wouldn't give them much of a chance of winning it. And also they've stayed healthier than I expected this year. I mean, Chandler Parsons has been out, but the other guys have stayed pretty healthy. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, it's kind of sad. I mean, I, I don't know that Parsons will ever be the guy he was. I mean, they took the gamble on that. I just don't think I, I don't see the next guy on this team. They've got Conley, but I don't see anything else. Yeah, I, I think, I think they're just they're going to age in. They're going to age into the wilderness, and we we've seen that before. I think that's what the Raptors are going to eventually do as well. Though they've had, they got some nice stuff with Norman Powell. Like there are these teams that are they're they're pretty good right now. You know, they've had a nice run, and they just because of the way the salary cap works, they'll pay those guys, and once those contracts go out, at that point they'll probably. They'll probably rebuild, but they'll just run this team until they don't have any more gas left. Do you think they're going to move any of their assets in the offseason? No, I think they're just going to keep it together. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I do think again, they're going to get the they're going to get the Spurs of the Warriors in the first round. And yeah, the Warriors are a terrible matchup for them, and the Spurs basically it's still remember losing to them. So the Spurs basically played them angry. So I well, and the Rockets are a nightmare for them because. The Rockets are, you know, their offense just, you you can't play, you have to play like all of their big men at center and they don't have enough other guys. They're not, they're not, they're not. I don't think, I think the the Thunder are going to, they're going to, the Thunder are going to be a six seed. I, so I, do I. I, think, I, agree, I agree with that too. I don't think Memphis is going to catch them. So I think that like, or they're not going to stay with them. So I think they're going to get Spurs or Warriors and, you know, they'll, I, they'll be glad to win one of the five games. Move on. So let's talk about Portland. I think Portland's interesting. They are interesting. So they won 44 games last year. Vegas liked them a little bit better than, than that. 44.5, 46.5. You said overfade, I said underfade, and I was right. Yeah, I mean, I liked... Well, I mean, one of the things that happened for this team is that their bigs kind of regressed in a really bad form. So, uh, And I'm specifically thinking of... Aminu. So basically, they, they had some players who regressed significantly this year. And I think that once they, I mean, so the roster that they had, like, before the trade deadline, 
wasn't great. I think that actually, it's interesting because I love the trade that they make. Actually, I think that oh, fantastic. Make, I think this the the Nurkic is a great fit for this team, and he's showing he's playing really, really well. And they've actually been playing really, really well since they made that trade. And I, I I'm, I'm interested. Do you think it's? I think it's going to be Denver, but it's going to be close, right? Because I think Portland's going to miss the playoffs, but I do think they're in a much better spot than they were before the deadline. The, the the elephant in the room is is so. Do you need Lillard McCollum? I've been on board for a long time with keeping them together unless you get a ridiculous offer for for CJ, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, they're imperfect, but. It basically gave them a design imperative to get a defensive center. And while Nurkic is, is better than... I think Nurkic is straight up better than Plumley, But yeah. also, oh, yeah. he's, he's on a way more favorable contract. He's not the perfect answer for them if they wanted to reach their ceiling. But he's he's a worsenable, and that's why I wanted them to get Nerlens. But that didn't happen. It would That would have actually been the most baller move if they could have pulled it off. Would have been if they used the draft pick that they shouldn't have gotten in the Nurkic trade to get... Nerlens and they got both of those guys and basically said we're taking two bites at the apple. That would have been an even. I mean, they had it. They had a spectacular trade deadline. That would have been perfect. I think this front office. I, I'm, I've always been impressed with the front office of Portland recently. They've, they've done a good job. I think they they had some regression this year. But again, I, it was weird because we expected like we expected the last year to be off, and this year was the one that was off. But I think the move that Nurkic move was a really good move because. They, I think they have three guys who can, you know, get them to the playoffs consistently for a while. I think that the issue is what I said. It's like McCollum and Lillard. Do you maybe want to move for a slightly different asset, maybe a different wingman? But I, I, I think this is a team that's going to significantly be better this ne- next year. They might make the playoffs this year, and it would be interesting. But I don't think they're going to get it because I do think Denver is better at this point. I think let's move on to the Clippers, another team we won't have to talk about that much because we already talked about them a lot. Uh, the yeah. Clippers, the line was set at 53.5 or 54.5, basically in line with what they were last year. And you said under and fade. I said over and fade. You got it right. I think for me, it's Chris Paul missed a week a week or so more than I expected, they, you know, or whatever like that. But everybody always gets hit, hurt on the Clippers. This team always yeah, like, that's true. Blake, but usually, Blake, but usually it's late in the year or something like that. You know, Blake misses time and Chris Paul misses time and somebody always except misses for time. DeAndre because he's a cyborg. Yeah, DeAndre never misses time. But like, and then they also have like the issue with like the the, the roster isn't great. Past the top, and I mean, just rough. I mean, it's going to be interesting because he's going to be healthy coming into the playoffs. And Chris Paul was playing at an otherworldly level early in the season. Again, my problem is, is I kind of think that Utah is better than them. And if that's going to be the matchup, then I think this this might be the swan song for the Slaker team. I mean, like Clippers. I mean, do, you, do you, I mean? I know you're a little bit higher than I am. Do you think they can actually go deep this year? No. It's weird because I like their top three, but I mean, I think that part of the problem is I think that Chris Paul and, and Blake might be checked out completely. Well, they'll, I think they'll be engaged in the playoffs. I think they'll that'll be their real last gasp. Like, okay, we need to do, we need to go like pedal to the metal for this stretch, and we'll see what we do. Like, I'm not worried. It's kind of like Cleveland in that way. Like, I'm not necessarily worried about it, but. The real problem for them going beyond that is, the, even though their starting five was very good when they were healthy and together, it's not good enough to beat either of the two best teams in the league. And I don't think they're a particularly favorable matchup against the Rockets either, especially because the Rockets are so much better off their bench. And I so, don't think they're a great matchup against the Jazz either. Yeah, I don't think they're a great matchup against the Jazz either. So, like, barring them having the injury luck that has gone against them basically every single year. I, I don't think they have a chance to make the finals, I, and I, I and I do think that this really might be 
I mean, this might be it for this team. If they don't make it past the first round, I think this team gets blown up. I think Blake's gone. I think Chris Paul's gone. And I think that if that's the case, then, boy, what do you do? I mean, yeah, it, 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 we mentioned it before. I, I think that Doc might be done, too, here. Right. I, well, I think yeah, it's if, just, basically, I if any of their best players leave, Doc's done. Well, I think they could go the other direction, too. So basically, the the issue that both Chris and Blake have is that no team can offer them as much money as the Clippers can. I believe Balmer is going to offer both of them their full maximum. So that's a, a, a really hard thing to turn down. Basically, you're kind of asking them to sacrifice money on a good team. Like, nobody's going to argue that the Clippers are bad. Like, you're asking them to sacrifice that. And there isn't a real title contender that I think is going to do it. The only exception to that, and I sincerely doubt that this is going to be on the table, especially considering he doesn't fit their MO. But like, I, I talked about this with Dan Wojcicki a long time ago on, on the on Real Jam Radio, but like, if the Celtics offered Chris Paul their max and basically said, if we get you, we'll trade Isaiah Thomas for assets, that would be a harder thing to turn down because the Celtics with Chris Paul would just be monstrous. Aren't the Celtics going to offer that? I mean, I keep thinking they're going to offer it to Blake, no? They might. I think that a Blake Horford front court just basically guarantees problems. Like I like both of those guys, but I don't like them together. But Chris Paul is just such a phenomenal talent. But I don't see that move happening. I, I don't see Chris going there. And all the other teams, like Cleveland, doesn't have the cap space for him. The Spurs don't really have it, especially a Pal opt in. Like Chris the Paul. Spurs, I, I was actually thinking about this. The Spurs have some cap space. No, they don't. Not really. I mean, because basically the it logic... On, it depends on where the cap's going to wind up. Uh, I mean, it it doesn't really that much because they have a lot of money tied up in Kawhi and LaMarcus, and they're not going to move those guys. And then the other part of it is like, oh, yeah, maybe if they moved like basically everybody else on their team, they would have a lot of space. But that's not something they've ever done. So it's like... The, what if LaMarcus yeah, is not? He's not. And they're not gonna they're not gonna move him anyway. They're not gonna like if he's if he's done enough, then it's gonna they're not gonna have the assets to attach to trade him. And and if he's not like that, they're not gonna they're not gonna move him. That's not what the Spurs do. They've I mean, never done that. Yeah, he'd be he'd be interesting. If Chris Paul wanted to win a title, the Spurs would be the perfect place for him. Uh, right. Except be... that they have except that Kawhi has likes the ball in his hands a little bit much for that. But yeah, I mean the, he's not gonna get a better opportunity. Yeah, than but that. We've seen, we've seen Kawhi play without the ball. I mean, sure, this is not of course. Yeah. We've seen it. I mean, there's there's always the banana boat rumor, like. But the banana boat doesn't make sense this year because LeBron's already under contract, and obviously he's not going to, anywhere. They'd have to move Kyrie. Yeah, and the Kyrie for Chris Paul thing would have been an absolute coup for the Clippers just because of the contract difference, but that's not going to happen now. Yeah, well, and I didn't mention this before. I think the problem is like people. The thing with Kyrie is, is Kyrie's really bad defender, right? And as much as he's good offensively, like they're guys who are comparable offensively who would be like somebody like Chris Paul would be better like would be better because of his defense right like Chris Paul well, I, I think Chris Paul would be miles better in the regular season but in the playoffs Kyrie's just amazing ability to be a one-on-one scorer and like take hard shots actually works really well with LeBron I'm not saying like Chris Paul's a way better player but for what Cleveland needs and what Cleveland has I don't think the difference between them is that great in those circumstances other than that, oh, Chris Paul's miles better. Like, I mean, he 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 would make them such a better regular season team, and in the first like two three rounds of the playoffs. But then in that finals against the Warriors or the Spurs, I don't think he helps them as much as as you think. Would Chris would Chris or Blake cross the locker to uh, the Lakers locker? 
I think Blake would be more open to it than Chris because if Chris Paul goes to the Lakers, they're still not winning anything. Like they, you know, they'll make the playoffs, obviously, but they won't. Yeah, they're not going to be there. Like if if Chris Paul, like let's say Chris Paul joins the Lakers and they get they keep their top three pick, that team, unless they like absolutely nailed a couple of trades, like that team is still probably losing in the first round. They're interesting. They would be like a darling of people like us. If the Lakers got, they need, they would need to get one of the free agents, and they would need to trade for somebody, right? So I think that would be the. Again, I think that's out there. I think that it's interesting because I do think, again, I do think that the Clippers' time might be done. I just don't know exactly how it plays. I don't know how the divorce in the end is going to play out. We could be wrong, they, I, but again, I, don't, I can't see. I can't see this team winning the first round. In my head, I can't see it. Now I could be wrong, but I just, I just, I just don't see it. It just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't feel it. And, and that's kind of, it's sad because I, I thought this team had a shot a couple times. It just had some bad luck. I think let's move on to the Thunder. Yeah, let's move on to the Thunder. But, but right before that, let's talk a little bit about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is my personal go-to for buying and selling tickets for concerts, sports, theater, really whatever you want to do. And there are a bunch of different reasons to use it, but I think a lot of it just goes into the idea of trying to save you time and save you money. They want to save you time by eliminating the amount of places that you go to look for tickets. As an aggregator, they pull tickets from all over the internet and put them in one place, just like Kayak does for flights. I use Kayak a lot. And so you don't have to worry about not only trying multiple places, but worry about missing out. You know, tickets are are a variable commodity. Each one is a little bit different, depending, unless it's a general admission show. So you can go through it that way. And also, not only do they combine it, but they use their deal score to save you more time by figuring out the best combination of ticket quality and ticket price. And so I've been very impressed with their algorithm. I know venues very well because I used to be a ticket broker buying and selling tickets all over North America. And so I know these venues very well. I've been in a lot of them and I trust my own gut, but I just kept on finding out that they had such good data and that they were interpreting it well with their algorithms. And so I kept on, you know, like I was buying tickets for my parents once at an arena I knew really well. And I ended up going with the thing that had the number one deal score. So even when you have that direct knowledge, SeatGeek does a really great job. You download the free SeatGeek app, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K, enter the promo code RealGM, R-E-A-L-G-M, just like Real GM, the site of rate for and Real GM Radio, and they will give you a $20 rebate on your first purchase. So you enter the promo code, you buy whatever you were going to buy in the first place, you get to use their great app, and then they will just send you 20 bucks. It's pretty fantastic, and it also tells them that you came from us, so I appreciate that as well. So again, it's SeatGeek, promo code real gm using the settings tab and you can find out if you love it as much as i do and i've used it for years and i will keep using it for years whether they are a sponsor or not but hopefully they are so again it's SeatGeek real gm now the oklahoma city thunder here because of the 55 games they won last year because it was actually in in that order they were projected to be this was one of of course one of the hardest lines for vegas to do 43 and a half or 45 and a half we both faded the over and I think that's going to end up. It's going to end up hitting. It's going to be very close. It was a good. It was a, ended up being a well set line even after everything. Yeah, I think this team. You were saying is like this team has actually gotten better. Uh, I think Russ has been outstanding. He's not going to win the MVP because he's not going to get the forty five games, right? But I think he's been great. And again, I, I do think that they've actually done a decent job of actually building something around him. So like. I mean, Ty yeah, hasn't been great, but like I, I do think that like this is a better look. Now it's all like Russ dependent, 
but like I'm really impressed that they haven't fallen for it off. I think a lot of that is Ross. I don't think they have a shot at the title. Right. No, 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 no. I do think I don't, they I don't think they have a I don't think they have a good shot at making it out of the first round, but they're still a wonderful story for considering they lost one of the best players in the league for nothing. Yeah. As I said, I mentioned it before, I had they had two of the top fifty players of all time on the roster just before before their prime and they just did not sign them. Right. And this you know, I, I do think this is Probably the, miss, the the biggest missed opportunity by a franchise in my lifetime, right? I mean, it's disappointing for the fans. I, I'm not necessarily disappointing. For, I mean, you know, it's you get what you pay for, right? And I think, I think in some ways, I think in some ways, it's actually more disappa- disappointing for basketball junkies than Oklahoma City fans because they're still blowing through the expectations when they got that team from Seattle. Obviously, it would have been great for them if they'd gotten all these titles, but for people like you and I who wanted to see one of these just, like, amazing, undeniable teams. Like, the Thunder had the possibility, with the talent they had on cost control, with the way that the league's salary structure worked, they had the possibility, if with the right ownership and the right management, of being, I would say, of having a... They had a top 10 to top 20 foundation for success of any team in the last 30 years. Yeah, and they really kind of misunderstood who their most important player was, too. Like, I love but Russ, they didn't but even have to make that decision. They didn't even have to make that decision. They could have just kept Harden and waited. They didn't even have to. Ma- it was a. They forced themselves into a choice they never had to make. They did. They wouldn't have even had to pay the luxury tax. No, I agree with like, and they misunderstood. Just completely misunderstood the cap. They could. Well, and even if they did, they could have just written it off as a tax break. No, I agree. I mean, it was. They could have just. just am- they could have just amnestied Kendrick Perkins. Like it wasn't basically what happened was I wrote about this for the Sporting News. I was. I've. I've been angry about this for years. I actually nearly wrote the piece two years ago, was they predicted where the sal- they thought the salary cap was going to be they were wrong. 18 months ahead of when they could have known, and they were wrong. And so they made that move. They could have waited 18 months and said, okay, well, where's it going? And in that time, I wrote this piece of sport news about how this is what happened. And so, like, the league started, they started knowing the contours of the television deal. They started seeing some yeah. of the other revenues increase. And, like, if they had waited, it would have been patently obvious that they could have kept Harden, you know, like, that that they would have already paid him as max. But they could have had him at that, kept everybody together, and they were all on value contracts. So if you decide at that point that it's not going to work, then you just trade him then. And, and what makes it even worse is, like, you're familiar with the roster depreciation laws, right? Of course. So basically, they could have just written it off. Like, there's an exception that lets them, if they go over and they're wrong, they can basically just write it off for a couple of years and make a trade. And then all you have to do, the thing resets after 15 years, or if you basically give it over to your wife or something. So you then talk about the owner. They, so they also they were had, still making a profit. Even if even if they paid the luxury tax, they still would have made a profit. The amount of money they threw away by not keeping those guys in, like, franchise, like the franchise value appreciation. Like, if they basically put together a run... Like the Bulls, or like one, like been in like three or four finals, or even just like the Warriors have since then. Yeah, if they, that's they, they all did. they did. Well, yeah, one, ti- they, one title, one title, two NBA finals, and having a good chance of making another one. If that was all they did, they'd be making money hand over fist. Yeah, because they would because they would make it just back on the on the franchise price, right? So the the raise in franchise price would basically and, and the extra revenue from all the playoff games, like. Right. You're getting all that. You're not paying your players more. You're getting a ton of extra revenue. You can raise your ticket prices more. You can do even if you know even if Oklahoma City is not the biggest market. If you are that good, you can make it happen. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think that overall we agree that it was a bad move. I, I think. So do you think this roster for Oklahoma City has possibilities 
going forward. I think this is this roster is really flawed. I mean, like it's, no, it's rough. I think, and- I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty much what they are. They they have players that can improve. They're not as kind of dead in the like dead in as like the let's say the Pistons are. They're they're not going to get that much better. So like I think their ceiling, depending on how everything else goes, like they can be in that four or five mix for a year or two or whatever, but I don't think they can really reach beyond that because they don't have any cap flexibility. They not only, which is not a bad thing, you know, like they were, you're not going to get free agents that much to Oklahoma city and they got, gave reasonable deals to Adams and Oladipo, but this is their team. Yeah. Uh, I do think that, I mean, they have three good guys at the top, right? Ross and Adams and, and Oladipo, but I agree with you. This is, this is who they are, right? So there's a, there's a gap on how much they can do and, they might be happy with it, but it's kind of sad for them because they, they, it could have, for us, it could have been like uh, a great dynasty. And, and yeah, I, is it better for the league though? No, because they because they could have been that like galvanizing, inspiring young team. Granted, you like I don't think it's it's it goes in two different ways, but I, I think that it, well, I think we might have to answer that based on what happens with the Warriors because like if this Warriors team kind of ends up similar to what that Thunder team was in terms of like where the Thunder team would be now, not where they where they were then, then, you know, it's kind of a wash, you know, then, then, yeah, you lost, you lost those guys together, but Harden's on a, in a great situation. Durant's in a great situation. Westbrook is doing his thing. And in the interim, we got that wonderful Cavs story, the Warriors story, like a lot of it happened. So I don't, I don't think, I think the league is, the league is maybe worse off, but not much. I think what's interesting is like nobody want nobody, none of these guys wound up in the West. Sorry, in the East. So I think, like, I think basically we split the difference because it just made the... So the West playoffs have been crazy great. And I don't know that it would have been greater with them staying together. And, like... And also probably, I think the finals would have been worse because I think they would have been, at at this point, if they had been properly managed, they would have been a better team, not in the regular season, but in the playoffs than the Warriors were last year. We've got... We have the Spurs and the, the Warriors basically winning... 60 plus almost 70 games and i think what's interesting is like basically what so even if they it wouldn't have made it because like nobody went nobody went east so none of these guys it's interesting none of these guys go east right we never get these stars well, because because the, te- the teams in the, the teams in the east that have have money have terrible owners and the teams in the west that have money have better owners yeah they they have poor taste so it's like the, the, yeah like the knicks always if, i think we I made this you, point before if the knicks play, always get their guy but it's always the wrong guy if you put a top ten owner managing the Knicks at any point in the last decade, especially during this current CBA, if they had a if they had a competent owner, they're a top five franchise for the next ten years. Like that's just it's just a fact. What's interesting about that is like I was talking to somebody. It's like what would it take for like for like for Dolan to sell? Like Dolan's making money hand over fist, right? It, I think it would take something ridiculous like ten billion dollars because you'd have to get him out and you'd have to like buy him out the MSG network. So it's like there's there's almost there's no chance the Knicks. Yeah, there's no chance. And yeah, I mean, it, it's just really strange that like yeah. other than basically Miami, the, the way that I would phrase it with Dolan is nobody would be willing to pay the price it would take. It might be worth it, but like no, it's like like it's nobody nobody has that scratch because he he's really like he doesn't care. He's like I mean he would make more money obviously if they won, but he's still making a ton of money. So I think let's let's move on to the main event. We're we're getting to the to the top two teams yeah. in the league now. But the, in terms of over unders, these teams aren't super interesting. So the Spurs, we uh, so it was. 60, they won 67 last year, 
you know, with everything that happened, we expected a regression. Tim Duncan retiring was down to 56 and a half, 57 and a half. We both said the over. You wanted to play it. I said to fade it. That was definitely a better play by you because they're going to still going to go past it no matter what. Yeah, I actually and I was saying this on Twitter. I, I I've watched a significant amount of Deadman with Kawhi. And actually, I like having Deadman on the floor more. He looks oh, really sure. good. I, Deadman at the five, Kawhi at the four is, is I think, they're Right. It's one of those guys who watch him and he does all these things when like away from the ball. Like he's running great picks. He's, he's he's popping. He's getting stuff. He's has touch around the basket. It's like I don't know how they managed to get. It. Like why is this guy? Maybe an indication that Orlando didn't know what they were doing. But well, yeah, this of guy, course, this guy should should have been playing before now. So again, I, I think again the, the, the thing with the Spurs is the Spurs are really deep and they have a really a lot of quality sides. And I do think well, right now what, I want to. Can I make a small? Can I make a small point very quickly? Sure. How smart was Dwayne Dedman? taking a one-year contract with the Spurs because he could have probably gotten like five, like three, four, five million a year for like three, four years with somebody because, you know, kind of the Kylo Quinn type contract. He's going to make so much more He's money by taking by taking a little over two million to play with the Spurs this year. What do you think, 345 for him? Yeah, something in that range, maybe maybe 340, but somebody's going somebody's gonna to give him cash and, that, and, and he deserves it. He's played very well for them. He'd be great on the Celtics. He'd be great on, uh, let's see, another team that can actually God, use Can you lot. imagine if, if, if Minnesota hadn't given Jang that money? Like, he, he's not the perfect fit next to Towns, but he would be great as their third big. But is Deng, is Deng bad? Deng's good. I like Deng. He's all right. He's all right. I mean, although, I mean, here's the thing. I do think that what's been interesting about him, again, that, what I like about Deadman is a guy who, like, has really good productive numbers, but when you actually watch him on tape, he does all these little things, right? So it's like one of the he plays good defense. He runs picks. He's really good at moving off the ball and running the BNR. So it's, it's, it's as I said, he, somebody's going to, he's a guy who can definitely be on the floor in a conference final. So somebody's going to pay him. There, there's a piece of, there's also a piece of history here. I'm not completely sure of this, but I think I'm right. My memory is a little bit fuzzy on it, that I believe the Warriors were approaching Deadman about taking the room mid-level exception. He was amenable to it. But then when Zaza said yes, they're like, oh, crap, we can't do that. What about the minimum? And then I think he had the Spurs offer on the table. And it's like... I think the Warriors basically signed him out of college, no? I think he started there. He bounced around in Santa Cruz and Golden State. And so he was interested in it. But once they had that money difference and he knew the Spurs was a great opportunity, and like, well, I completely understand why Bob Myers went with Zaza over Deadman, considering the risk involved in everything else. If they could choose right now knowing what we know they would take i think they would take deadman in a heartbeat yeah again i think the issue has been like how good he actually looks around the basket that's that to me is like but again i think the point being like with the spurs is like so i'd written them off as a title contender until about a month ago right and then i started watching them again because they i was really interested and i really like like they've done an excellent job of their 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 of aping what the Thunder did in the sense that like they have all these like skilled big men, right? And I think in a series with the Warriors, they're going to give them fits because there's just too much size going on on that team, like going at the basket with good touch, and they're going to rebound people to death, and they're going to like just get all these easy buckets, right? So that 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 really makes them an, a really interesting. I think they're going to get the one seat now, and I think that you know that was a really stupid decision for the Warriors not to play this game because I think the Warriors have basically walked themselves into like you know three really tough series like back to back to back 
and, 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 a, and a conference final on the road. I was I was supposed to it actually did a podcast on that for Locked On Warriors yesterday talking about how I would have tactically done it the other way. But I, I, I want to push back a little bit. Just We talked about the Rockets earlier. I'm high enough on the Jazz that I don't think that series... It's, it's definitely going to be a hard second round series, but I thought it was going to be hard either way. And the Spurs, yeah, they can rebound the Warriors to death, but the Warriors can shoot them off the floor because they can go five out basically the whole game if they want to. They're really close to it if Durant's back in full strength. And the Spurs, the only counter to that is Kawhi at the four, and they basically have barely done that this year. So yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be a brutal series. It's going to be a tough series. It's the one I want to see more than any other, including you know, any potential NBA Finals. You know Pop is basically going to do exactly what Donovan did against the, uh, against the Thunder last year. Yeah, but the Thunder have the Thunder don't do that very well against the Warriors. Like, that's the interesting thing. Like, if Pop, rep, if Pop replicates the Thunder, that would be better against the Spurs than against the Warriors. I'm saying from, like, from last year. Like, just basically throw out all the size out there. And I think that's going to be the... So, in essence, it's, it's going to be there. It's yeah, the, but that, that, doesn't wor- that doesn't work against the Warriors. The rebounding? I'm talking about the, I'm talking up, about the like, crashing the boards. I, that is a smaller thing than like the first shot defense and being able to actually defend the Warriors because the spur like let's say like if it becomes a shootout like if they play Pau Gasol in that series heavy minutes the Warriors will score probably 108 like 115 118 points per 100 possessions during those minutes and the Spurs cannot score that many points like they are incapable of it what they're gonna, they're, what they're gonna try to, it's gonna come down to what they're gonna try to do is, I call it the Laker way, which is they're going just basically go, going to try to keep the field goal attempts for the Warriors down. That's the way. That's the way that Thunder almost beat them. It's the way that the the Cavs actually beat them in the finals, which is just keep the ball out of their hands. Yeah, they're gonna make their shots, just don't let them get second chances. And I think that the key, again, I think the key here is you like Durant is. I mean, obviously he's the he was the best player on the Warriors this year. But it's key because if you take him out of the equation, then like the rebounding situation gets even worse, and like the Warriors just haven't looked in sync without him, right? And it's a really kind of well, yeah. But but we but making the argument of like yeah, the Warriors would lose to the Spurs without Kevin Durant is an obvious yeah. argument. Like yeah, I mean the, the, if 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 we're if Durant is any less than ninety percent, the Warriors are not going to win right. that series because it, again, it's, like, that, there's not there's not anything more that needs to be said about it. But I think I think right now the Western Conference Finals is where the title is going to be settled. Sure. Right, which, which is, and and I think that, based on what we just saw, I think the Spurs right now should be favored to win the title. Right now, as of right now, with the fact that they look like they're going to win the one seed, and they're a lot healthier than the Warriors, I think that definitely you have to think about. It's, it's a really interesting kind of dynamic, and it's interesting because the betting markets don't reflect this. To me, right now, the Spurs should be the favorite to win the title. I don't have them as the favorite, but I think I, I respect your rationale. I disagree with it just because I think full strength versus full strength. I think the Warriors are favorites in that series, and really it goes to that. But you have to adjust it. To, I mean, again, I'm adjusting to the fact that I think the Spurs, based on the way that both teams are playing right now, I think the Spurs are going to get the one seed, and I think right now the Spurs are healthy. See, right? I don't I, think I, I don't I, think home court matters in that in that series. Bear, 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 I don't think it matters that much. But 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 again, I also don't think that. I would put the cha- the chances of the Warriors being a hundred percent in the Western Conference Final at something like thirty percent. We're baby. Yeah, but we're the, the standard work. the standard recovery for that injury is six weeks, and there's six weeks left, and there were six weeks left in the regular season when he got hurt. I mean, you're gonna you're saying that chance is thirty percent. You're saying that it his injury is substantially worse than the standard projections because it's a month we've from seen, the end of the regular season to the to the Western seen Conference Finals. Have similar injuries before, and well, it takes him a not while. Knee, to get back. Not knee stuff. Knee and foot injuries are very different. 
I know. I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, right now, like, I, I know why I feel like again. I'm just saying, like, basically, the Warriors are still showing up as the clear favorites, and they really shouldn't be favor over the field at this point. I think that basically, if they if San Antonio is playing Golden State in the Western Conference Finals, I think it's going to be an even up series, and 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 I think that that's different than what the markets are saying. Right. I, I agree yeah. with you that the markets are probably wrong. I, I think that they're they're probably overstating it, but. Again, I, I I don't I don't think I don't think we're going to make any headway on it, but we should move on to the Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors uh, it was at sixty six and a half or sixty eight and a half. We both said play the over. Looks like they're going to go under because Kevin Durant's missing the last six weeks of the year. And I don't think this season, if he comes back in his full strength, I don't think it's been a disappointment anyway. It's just that they had a little bit of an adjustment. They had a few flat games, and otherwise they've been quite good. Do you think that the Warriors miss Luke Walton? I think they miss Alvin Gentry more than they miss Luke Walton because Luke Walton was more about like, I think that was more of an attitude thing, but I I think the attitude was always going to shift this year based on what happened in the finals. And Gentry would be a little bit more creative offensively. And one of the Warriors big problems this year has been that they've had a lack of creativity offensively. They've run their system. They've kind of done, they've done their thing and they've been fine. But in those, in those circumstances, like I had actually, this is something I haven't said, I haven't said publicly before, but if theoretically the Pelicans fired Gentry now, if I were the Warriors, I'd try to bring him back on the bench. Because yeah, they, this does not look like the same team than last year, and, and and what I mean by that is like you know just offensively, I agree with you. They're they're not. They were taking people out, and I think there's two things. Like offensively, they were better, and I think that in terms of sets and what they were running, and also the attitudes. I think both these pieces are missing. Right, they were literally going out there and just trying to destroy people every game last year, and that's not the same feel. So I think they do kind of miss that, and it, you know, it will happen when, like, when you lose your, your two top assistants, right? it does shift your, your team a little bit, and it's just been a little more adverse. Well, and, but I, I think more. Than, I think more than that, it was that they they had that history making regular season. They won seventy three games. They lost in the finals, and they got nothing to show for it. And I think what they learned from that was. Why were we gunning for every single game in the regular season? It didn't get us anything, and but, so I, mean, I, I think that the, the the I don't think I don't attribute that shift to assistant coaches. I don't attribute it to mostly to Kevin Durant coming. But the one thing that we haven't seen from this Warriors team very much, despite them being strong in defensive rating overall, is I feel that their defensive c- ceiling is really high now with the Draymond at center lineups because well well you know obviously they did really well they were gangbusters with those units previously. Durant in the playoffs with that intensity is going to be a significant upgrade over Harrison Barnes if he can be 100. percent Right, and and I think that's where that's where Durant is key, and, and and I think because as I said, I think I think the way to beat these t- this team is on the boards, and the way to beat beat this team this team is by being physical on them because like the whether people want to admit it or not, the game gets called differently in the playoffs, right? And and that style, which is a lot rougher, does actually kind of give this team problems. They said you said they don't get whistles in the playoffs. And I think that the teams that they're going to see are going to think of it. The teams that are going to basically want to mix it up and like get it, rough it up and, and make it tougher. So again, I think having Durant is key. Having, obviously, because he's the best player on the team or has been this year. And I do think, I agree with you that, with the, that getting Gentry back would be good. right? I, I do think that this is obviously a more interesting situation than last year because we I don't think that they're a sure thing that like last year. We know how that turned out, but again, 2016 was just strange. I mean, hell, the Cubs won the World Series, so weird. But, you know, I, I think it's a lot more open, and I think it's a lot. They're going to have to 
earned their way to the finals here. I think it's a lot tougher, at least on paper, which, considering how it went last year, was it's interesting. I think it, this at least it pictures a lot more interesting than the finals and the playoffs did before the start of the playoffs last year, even though they ended up being really interesting last year. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will clarify that for me, the way that you beat the Warriors is by having, by switching, being able to switch and not losing that much. And that's also part of the reason why I don't love the Spurs in that, depending on what, how they use Kawhi. That's why Kawhi at the four is so key. Because if you put Powell or even Deadman on Curry, that's just problems. Well, I mean, this is what, this is why I like the, this is why I'm, I think I mentioned it before. This is why the Celtics are built to like play the Warriors because they have all these guys on the, on the wing that can actually switch and are good defenders, right? But, right. But again, the, they, they have other if they, issues, if they can get a Gordon Hayward or or Jimmy Butler next year, they can they can really make some noise against the best of the best. But they haven't done it yet. They, they need they need a guy who can rebound consistently. I mean, it, not gonna like if they could theoretically get Millsap and play him at center in crunch time. Like I mean, the problem with that, of course, is that they they paid his teammate, his former teammate, and he's their center. But Millsap at the five with their lineup would be amazing. So do we have it? We liked KD at 11 to 1 to win the MVP, and that looked right for a while, but hey, you know, he got hurt. Anything else we're looking forward to? In terms of like awards and odds and stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, or like in terms, overall, of, in terms of the playoffs, yeah, overall. Uh, I, th- I think we're going to, I think we're, so I think in the East, we're going to have interesting stuff the whole way through unless there are upsets in the west i think that other than the the jazz clippers series which would be awesome we're going to have kind of a, a shaky first round and then an amazing second and third round no oh, i mean i think it's interesting that i i think the it could be more interesting than you think it depends on who, who winds up i mean memphis is kind of the, the like they're Memphis and the Thunder there. are just like they're just lower tier teams. Like if 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 I didn't believe in the two and three in the Western Conference, yeah, that would be something different. But Thunder, Thunder Rock, I mean, we're looking fun. at it. It'd be fun. I think it'd be a really fun five game series. Yeah, I think the second round in the West is going to be a lot more interesting. Oh man, second round in the West is going to be fabulous. I think the, the first round in the East is going to be is going to be crazy because I think I think there, there's there's not that there's not a lot of difference between the top teams in the East and the bottom teams in the East. And I think that and the bottom teams, and we talked about this before, which is the bottom teams in the East are very interesting matchups to the top teams in the in the, in the East. So it's, I think the first round has real possibility. Once you get past that, it gets less interesting. But I think the first round is 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 that the East is where it's going to be, which is a, a little different than it's been a couple uh, other years. Well, at this point, considering considering our original recording is about three hours, I think that I've I've taken up enough of your time. But as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, yeah. Thanks again to Arturo Galetti for taking the time to come on. I do always love talking with him, and doing the over-unders is one of my highlights every single year. You can follow him on Twitter, at American Numbers. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-N-U-M-B-E-R-S. I might try to put out another episode this week. I'm legitimately unsure on if I'm going to have the time working on a few projects and everything else, and of course, a lot of basketball to watch. So if I can, I will. If not, there will, of course, be a new one next week, as there always is. And that will probably involve talking about one of the things that I'm working on. So that'll be fun. And yeah, there's a lot going on in the league, but we are in this kind of weird holding pattern. I don't want to do much team-specific stuff because... We're still figuring out what a lot of these teams are, and so I, I want to wait a little bit on that, but I'll figure out exactly where to go on that in the very near future. If you want to give feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, Danny LaRue, NBA, at gmail.com, at Danny LaRue on Twitter. If you take the time to write it, especially if it's an email, I will take the time to read it. I do not promise to respond, but I take the time... I, 
but reading it is absolutely the least I can do, considering I am asking for that feedback and really do appreciate it. And also, if you want to support the show, there are a lot of different things that you can do. For Real Jam Radio in particular, it is wonderful if you subscribe and download every episode. This one regrettably took longer to put out than, than I really wanted it to, considering recorded a week ago, but it can be sporadic. So if you subscribe, then it'll pop into your podcast player whenever it comes in. If you download every episode, that's a great way of supporting it because this business is still built on downloads. So if there any shows that you like, whether you're listening to the episode or not, you should listen. But if you don't, even download the episode because that shows your support and they use that. We use that for advertisers. And that ties in with the other big way that you can support this show and any others is by checking out our advertisers. So for this episode, that is mybookie.ag, where you can make wagers, particularly those of you who are interested in college basketball, mybookie.ag. And if you use the promo code REALGM, you get a 50% deposit bonus. So if you put in 100 bucks, they add $50 to it and you can play and win money with that. So it's pretty awesome. Harry's, high quality razors at a reasonable price. Harry's.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash real GM. And you can get their popular trial set for free. So that's a handle, a razor, and, sh- and shaving gel for just the low price of shipping. It's free other than that. It's awesome. I've been using it for the last little while now. Very impressed with their product. And then our old friends at SeatGeek. So you can buy and sell tickets through SeatGeek. I do both and I do them with some frequency. And if you use the free SeatGeek app, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K, and the promo code REALGM, R-E-A-L-G-M, just like the other ones, then you get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. So you input it, you get $20 whenever you make your first first buy. And for all of those, not only are you getting uh, a, a great product, or in the case of my bookie, getting the opportunity to make yourself a great product with the money you make, you are also telling them that you came from us. And that is very important because that allows them and other future advertisers to want to use us and to help keep the lights on. So I really do appreciate all of you taking the time to do that. As I said, not exactly sure where I want to go for next week and moving forward, but plenty of material, plenty of real estate to use as we get closer to the playoffs. And for those of you who listened to Real Jam Radio in the playoffs before, there's a real high point for me. And of course, if you want to check out Dunked On, Nate Duncan and I do, I'm really proud of our work there too. We do a lot and this week's been a little bit quieter, but we'll keep going full bore next week. And then I do Locked On Warriors, which is my daily Warriors podcast. And then you can check out my writing, The Athletic. I should have some new stuff in the sporting news. I've submitted a few pieces. I think they're going through the editorial process. And then we'll have some cool Real GM material in the near future. Going to start working on the CBA encyclopedia, incorporating the new CBA into it probably in the next few weeks, depending on when my schedule opens up. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.